stop whatever you're doing and listen to Josh and Daniel, Diary of the Madman, the ultimate Aussie podcast. Welcome to a special edition of Diary of the Madman, the ultimate Aussie podcast where we geek out about all things Aussie and all things Aussie related. I am Josh Crumb and he is Mr. Dan Draco. I would say, how's it going, Dan? But I know it's been an awesome day for you as it has been for all of us. We're yeah, pumped, we baby. Did. We're pumped. We're pumped, right? It's finally here. I got chill bumps as we said that. It's finally here. We've waited. You know, we're so blessed to get two albums in two and a half years from Ozzy, especially in the 70s, right? Like, it's amazing. But at the same time, the new album, Patient Number 9, feels like it's taken forever because we've known about it ever since Ordinary Man dropped. He said well, in promos for Ordinary Man, we're already working on the follow-up. Yeah, that's the reason. I mean, if you think about it, two years is pretty quick for the man. But when he came out and said, hey, we already have the follow-up going, it's hard to wait at that point because you yeah. know they're working on it. And in your mind, you think, hell, this time next year, we'll be sitting on another Aussie record. And it ended up taking two and a half years. So it felt like it took three times longer almost than we expected. Agreed. And not to mention that we heard almost a year ago that it was finished, like completely finished. So then we're like, okay, any day now. And then mixing took forever. But we all agree, you and I and, and Ryan, we've talked about it. We think ultimately that Ozzy and Sharon, they wanted to have this last surgery over and done with also before they really went forward with promotion. Agreed. And I don't know if you figured this out yet, but Ozzy's new album, Patient Number 9, is coming out 9-9, September 9th. So I don't know if there was a little bit of marketing play going on there. I think so. And yeah. if you'll notice, I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit in the music video for Patient Number 9. It had the 999, then it flipped to 666. Yep, that was cool. Right? Yeah. I think so, man. But definitely exciting times to be alive for an Aussie fan. You know, we've waited so long. And like I said, we have said in the past, it's going to be an avalanche once it hits. It's like, oh, but man, I got to tell you, the avalanche hit even harder than I expected. I didn't expect to get an album title. I didn't expect to get a track listing, album release date. I expected to get a single like Under the Graveyard, where they release it with a single cover and that's all you get and you get album information later. But I do appreciate not having to wait any longer and going ahead and dropping it. What's it hurt to go ahead and drop the knowledge when you already have it? Agreed. This is how it always used to be. So it always was day of the single, drop the album information. So Under the Graveyard was a little different in that retrospect. So I'm kind of glad that everything just dropped on this day. I'm super stoked, man. I love that they've released a track listing. I'm really, and we're going to go over the song titles, everybody, but there's 13 songs, which is incredible. The album covers a little bit better than what Ordinary Man was. We're going to discuss that in a little bit more detail. But the fact that everything came out, he released it early on Ozzy's Boneyard, which we were listening to. It's just a great surprise, and I couldn't be happier. I know a lot of people have mixed reviews, but I think I'm seeing more positive than negative right now on the single. Yeah, and we'll definitely get into all this in more detail later. But one thing I want to say up front to, to Ozzy and Sharon and Epic and whoever's involved, thank you for not stringing 
hanging this out too long. Like, I hate teasers that are a week and a half from now or two weeks. They told us on Wednesday, new song coming Friday, which is like Thursday night at midnight, right? And thank you for that. That's so much better than having a long, drawn-out period of teasers and shit. Like, that was just nice and compact the way it should be into a quick, brief release. And it's been fucking great. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, we got that little snippet. We got a little bit of a longer snippet the next day. And then, boom. So, Wednesday, Thursday. And then the song is out. It's perfect. Yep, absolutely. All right. So, we'll start with the album title and date. As we've said earlier, September the 9th, 2022, Ozzy Osbourne releases his new album, Patient Number 9. Dan, what do you think about the album title, Patient Number 9? I think it's fine. I mean, it's better than Scream, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, a lot better than Scream. Yeah. yeah, I do think Ordinary Man is a great title. I'm not going to lie. I think it really suits Ozzy. But, you know, the song has a real epic vibe. And I think epic is good for an album title. So I like the fact that hearing the song and now knowing that it's the album title, I think it works. It's just so bombastic. And I think it kind of works for an album title. What about you? Yeah. You know, at first, I was a touch mixed on Patient Number 9 as an album title. And I really was kind of stuck on no escape from now which is the tony iomi track right and i was like oh that'd be a great album title and i still believe that would have been a great album title but ultimately patient number nine i feel like is going to fit the theme of the record and we'll talk more about this also but i have a feeling ozzy likes to write about what's on his mind this album was written in the thick of covid like right in the thick of when it was scary and i think patient number nine is going to have a underlying theme throughout the record of just mental illness you know because mental illness was a huge part of covid also right I mean, people were quarantining their houses and get depressed. They couldn't work and things like that. And I don't think it's going to be a concept album. I'm not trying to say that, but I think it will have a slight theme. And ultimately, the more I thought about it, I think Patient Number 9 will kind of fit the theme of what the album feel is going to be. Yeah, that's a great point. I understand what you're saying. It's going to have a running theme throughout. Not a concept album, but just a running theme throughout. Of Almost loneliness, like- of going insane. Just really good Aussie topics, to be perfectly yeah, honest. Exactly. Exactly. Kind of like oh, the ultimate scene has a lot of war themes, yep. right? I've talked yeah, about great. that before. But it's not a concept record, but there's just a lot of war themes throughout the record. And like you said, these are great topics for Aussie, man. I mean, I joke about it all the time. You know, we both do on the show about Ozzy always likes to write about the voices in his head and bada boom bada bam the first single you know he's got the voices <laughs> right in. so the cover is really cool it's Ozzy clearly photoshopped in front of like a gold and black background it's very classy looking you know Ozzy's got a little bat pin on his chest he's wearing some cool jewelry that he likes to do he's in a, I think for the first time in his stage clothes something he would wear on stage which I thought was also kind of cool it's a very classy looking album but I think we could have gotten a better picture of Ozzy. I would have loved to have seen him with his glasses on. Ryan had brought that to my attention. I thought that would have been really cool. So there's a couple others that are out there during this photo shoot that might have been better. The album cover, it's a nice album cover. I'm just a little tired of the Photoshop stuff. And I think I could have come up with, or a lot of people could have come up with a better concept on an album cover than just another Photoshop. I mean, it's been four albums in a row now that maybe even five, which just clearly Photoshopped. I will tell you though, the promotion, is out of control for this and we'll get to this after the album cover what do you think josh yeah for the most part i agree i do like the album cover better than the last couple I like it better than Ordinary Man. I like yep. it better than Scream. Right. Agreed. So I will say that. I'm with you a little bit on the Photoshopping a little bit. It can get kind of eh. But here's what I do love about it. And I'll start with this. I do like the gold and black concept. I think that's very elegant but menacing. And I'm really a big fan of that. You know, you have the riches of gold, but the darkness depths of black, right? And I just think that's kind of a cool play that I like where they're going with that. The Aussie logo and gold, I'm a fan of that. I do like the fonts they use for patient number nine. It all looks good. So 
something we've talked about a ton on this show. Ozzy keeping the gray hair. Yeah. I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. You're a big fan of it. I was shocked you didn't mention it earlier, but we do love the gray hair. Ozzy looks good. He's definitely made up and photoshopped and cleaned up. No doubt. He's airbrushed, you know, all that. He has, I think, kind of a vampire look. He's very white and pale. That doesn't really bother me because I just think that's kind of the image they're trying to portray. I mean, all in all, it looks good. I do agree with you on the photo of Ozzy itself. I'm sure there's other photos from that photo shoot. We've seen some of them in promotionals that could have been better photos for that. It's kind of an odd one covering his mouth up and it's kind of, I don't know. It's not bad, but it could have been better also. Agreed, but though. It's way all, better than, way better than Ordinary Man. Oh, it's light years better than Ordinary Man. Yeah. And I love the gold foil look in the background. I mean, you know, it's Photoshop, but if you're going to Photoshop, I like that better than the smoke and it's remarkably less cheesy than the Ordinary main cover was put it that way yeah but all in all i mean ozzy looks good i'm pretty happy with the cover man i I think it's gonna look really good on vinyl when it comes out yeah no question i would have to say and there's not a lot of ozzy cliches here which makes me very happy ordinary man was full of them he had wings he's got his mouth open he's got a cane he's got a top hat but this one it's more elegant like you said i like his gray hair he's almost like pondering (laughs) you know it's like a thoughtful elegant picture of an aging rock star and i think it works really well it is 20,000 times better than the Ordinary Man cover. And to be fair to them, that's what we asked for. An elegant, beautiful photo of him that looked like a 73-year-old man. That's, that's right. really what we asked for. What I would have done different if it were me, simple as this sounds, put him in a throne. If he had a kick-ass looking throne to sit on, almost the same pose even, just his hands on the side of the throne, his arms up, and sitting on a throne instead of the Photoshop background and then an actual photo on the throne, that could have been really fucking cool. But with the same look, but just a throne as the background. Yeah, I think it could have been just- really cool. I just wish they would have picked a cool location that wasn't so obviously photoshopped. That's the only complaint I have. I'm just enough with the Photoshop. Yeah. Yeah. And these are small complaints. All in all, we both are agreeing. We really do like the cover better than a lot of his last several. Right. And he's using his classic logo. It might not be the classic yellow because it's in gold, but that's clearly the classic Aussie. That is the classic Aussie logo. That means a lot. Yeah, for sure. That's the only logo that matters. Definitely. All right, man. So speaking of that, let's get to the track listing. Do you want to? That would be awesome. All right, so the first track is the title track, Patient Number 9, featuring the great Jeff Beck on guitar. So here's a little bit of confusion, because a lot of websites are showing track 2 as track 1, which is Immortal, featuring Mike McCready from Pearl Jam. So I'm not quite sure which is going to be the one. And they're clearly the one and two songs off the record. We just don't know the order. And I will say, I think Patient Number 9 is a very awkward track It makes much more sense to me personally to start with that intro in a seven and a half minute song as the opening track. I agree totally. And all the streaming services have patient number nine as the opening track. And that doesn't mean they're perfect. They could be wrong. But typically when you upload these to distribution, as you and I have both done for our own music, they go up as you put them up, how you want them. So you put them in an order. I feel like patient number nine will be the lead track, but... Just in case it becomes not the lead track, we do want to throw it out there. The Ozzy's website does list Immortal as the opening track. Yeah, so that's what Ozzy's website says, so who the heck knows? But either way, we do know that track three is Parasite featuring Zach Wilde. Interesting song title, man. I mean, of course, right away, I think of that Kiss song. Parasite, so, baby. Yeah, exactly. So odd Listen, there, my least favorite Kiss song. I ever? Never. I just not ever, but oh, like as far on. as yeah. like far as the hits go and ones they play live and shit, I just never had much for that song. Interesting. Track four, No Escape from Now, featuring Tony Iommi, which I thought was going to be the lead single, so I was obviously wrong. Excited to hear that one. Yeah, as was I, and I thought it would be the title track. So what the fuck do we know? Track five is One of Those Days, featuring Eric Clapton. 
That one sounds like a ballad, right? I believe so. And we know yeah. it speaks about God because Ozzy mentioned that Eric didn't want to play on a song talking about God. So we'll see. Unless he's on God Only Knows, but we'll get mm-hmm. to that. Track six, A Thousand Shades, again featuring Jeff Beck. And track seven sounds like a fun little Ozzy jam called Mr. Darkness featuring Zach Wilde. Yeah, that sounds like a classic Ozzy song. For sure. Track eight, Nothing Feels Right featuring Zach Wilde. Another ballad, maybe. I think one that probably isn't a ballad is track nine, Evil Shuffle featuring <laughs> Zach Wilde. That one just sounds odd. I'm, this is the one I keep bringing up in our conversation. I just can't get behind that title. It'll but. end up being the banger of the fucking record. You wait and see, man. <laughs> right. You wait I and agree. See. Track 10, and this is what I'm really excited about, Degradation Rules featuring another track with Tony Iommi. How exciting is that? Dude? How exciting is that? We thought yeah. there was one track with Tony Iommi. We get two? Are you fucking kidding me? That's awesome. Exactly. That's super, super news. Track 11, and I do love this track, Dead and Gone. And it's also the first track to not feature anybody. So we'll see. Yeah, that's very confusing. The last three tracks, and this is something we've been talking about a lot, don't feature anybody. So I don't know if they're bonus tracks. I mean, they're listed again on iTunes. They're listed in the Aussie store. So they're going to be on it, but I don't know. It's weird that the last three tracks doesn't feature anybody. And it's just weird that they're grouped together, like the last three. Right. You know, it's just kind of odd. Yeah, like if track three, seven, and nine didn't have features, that would make sense. But the fact that it's the last three is what makes it really odd. Great point. Track 12, this is another one that sounds very Beatle-ish to me. It's called God Only Knows. And again, that's the track Eric Clapton may feature on because he did say he didn't want to play on a track where Ozzy mentions God. Right. And that is a good Ozzy song title also. Yeah. And the album will end with Dark Side Blues, which of course was also on Ordinary Man as a Japanese bonus track. But if you've ever heard it, it's only like a minute and a half long and it's definitely just Ozzy and Walt fucking off in the studio. Not a lot of production to it. So here's hoping that this version is a completed full song three four five minute version because it really does have a great catchy melody and Oz plays a lot of harmonica on it and stuff and a finished version actually would be really fucking cool yeah absolutely that song has a shit ton of potential you could tell it's just a live jam with the guys like you said they're probably getting Ozzy comfortable and just warming up and stuff and they recorded it so I'd love to see what that sounds like flushed out it's gonna be exciting yeah no question man so that said man there's the album 13 songs Dan what's your initial takeaway from the album titles and the guests that we see listed on them. Well, the first thing is Josh Homey from Queens of the Stone Age is not listed anywhere. And all of the pre-interviews said he was going to also be on the record. But there's quite a few that stand out for me that I'm super excited to hear just by title. For some reason, Immortal jumps out at me. No Escape from Now. Of course, Mr. Darkness and Degradation Rules, because that features Tony Iommi. And of course, God Only Knows. Those are the ones that I'm like, yes, that that sounds awesome. Yeah, I kind of roll with you on that. For some reason, I'm very excited about A Thousand Shades also. So that could be a ballad also. So I, I don't know. We'll see. I, it's, you know, song titles, you just rarely know what to expect. The Evil Shuffle, I kind of expect at that point will be a jam of some type, like a bluesy kind of thing. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, all in all, the song titles are cool, man. I'm excited for them. To be honest, it's one of my favorite things to do is to try to imagine what the songs are going to sound like by the title alone. I mean, I've been doing it my whole life for Ozzy stuff. So getting his track listing is super exciting for me because in my brain, I start playing around in my head of what's the ballad, what's the hard hard rock song that's a lot of fun what's the songs about yeah. should be a lot of cool cool shit yeah. and, and eight times out of ten you're wrong as fuck but Always. it's kind of you know <laughs> you just feel like you can listen to these and know you know what they're gonna sound like let's go back to something i wanted to talk to you about and get your opinion so we were told directly from ozzy osbourne and i say we i mean dan and i diary of the madman 
the ultimate Ozzy Osbourne podcast, were told directly by Ozzy in a chat forum that Zach Wilde does play guitar on the entire album. And that made worldwide news. Zach confirmed it, but you have tracks featuring Zach Wilde. So all of a sudden, I don't feel like Zach is on every track anymore. And I surely don't after hearing the first Furthermore, <laughs> after hearing Patient Number 9, I believe even less that Zach is on every track because I do not believe Zach is on Patient Number 9. Yeah, agreed. So I wanted to discuss with you our thoughts on Zach Wilde and this album and what we think may have happened with the tracks that Zach played on and what they may have decided to do going forward. I feel like, if you don't mind me going first, yeah, go ahead. that Zach went in and recut the songs, you know, made them his own, done his thing, and that Watt and company essentially just used that as another tool to choose from, not necessarily meaning they're his. And now that Zach's played them, bam, here it is, Zach's on the track. So, for example, when I hear Patient Number 9, we could be wrong, I just don't hear Zach Wilde on that song. And I don't mean soloing-wise either, I just mean the heavy thunder of his guitar. It's just, the song just doesn't have that tone. I think they've decided long ago we don't want to make this a black label society aussie record like black rain so we're going to use zach as a tool the same as we are tony iomi or jeff beck and have him splattered throughout the record to give those moments of classic aussie but at the same time we're going for a fresh sound still with andrew watt and company and ultimately i think that's a great decision how do you feel about it i agree with everything you said i think zach probably cut well we know zach cut 10 tracks right i believe that's what he said that's what he said in an interview yeah because we were like oh god there's 15 tracks why only 10 I agree with you. And I think Andrew Watt just picked and chose what he wanted. Maybe on, and we'll talk about this in a little bit more detail, but maybe on patient number nine, Zach's heavy crunch of a guitar tone didn't work with Jeff Beck's leads or something to that effect. But I agree with you. I think Zach is going to be on the tracks that obviously say feature Zach Wild. But the only thing I'm really disappointed on, I was really excited to hear Zach and Tony play together. And if that doesn't happen, I'll be slightly disappointed. But at the end of the day, Tony doesn't need Zach on his track. So I think it's the right decision just to feature the guys that are there we don't want well, to take away what they're going to bring to the table 100 and i agree with what you're saying but i want to piggyback it a little bit too so like i think when you said jeff beck's guitar didn't sound right that thin stratocaster style guitar which sounds great on patient number nine jeff beck will with this later but he slays it but you don't want a big heavy guitar overpowering that lead either right when you have a thin tone stratocaster style guitar so i think the intent might have been for zach to play the whole record but then i think once they heard it back i'm assuming once they heard it back like you said it just didn't sound right so then the decision was made let's use zach's tracks where they sound best and if they don't sound best let's use the tracks we have with watt and everyone else because at the end of the day anyone agrees it's whatever serves the song the best no question right no question that's what always matters. so but i think ultimately that was the decision that was made i'm like you i would be very disappointed if zach and tony aren't on a track together but they still very well could be i mean zach's tone would work with tony iomi whereas it doesn't with jeff beck right i think a decision was made just not necessarily to feature Zach Wilde on the entire album and say, you know what, let's use him where he works the best and do what's best for the tracks. Honestly, Zach's guitar tone on No Escape From Now wouldn't really work the way it does. Agreed. A thousand percent. I think that's spot on, Josh. I would have to say, Zach is going to get his. There's no question about it. There's four tracks listed with Zach Wilde on it, so we're going to get a shit ton of Zach Wilde. He's the guitar player that's listed the most, and he got two tracks with Tony Iommi, so that's about half of the record with two iconic Ozzy Osbourne guitar players. And the other guy guys jeff beck eric clapton i love mike mccready i think he's completely underrated as a player 
what a fucking lineup, dude. I'm super mm-hmm. excited. And I love Andrew Watts playing. So I think overall, this is the best compromise we could do for an Aussie record with all of these players. 100%. And Watt has went on record several times, not just with Aussie, but with anyone in saying, and I believe in a team concept. It takes a village. And I like to bring in a lot of people. Whoever serves the song the best, he talks about that a whole lot. So I think using multiple players and then choosing what sounds the best is definitely the right route to go. And who can vote against that? Yeah, absolutely. I do just want to bring up one quick thing before we get to the song. Ozzy did come out and say on his collaboration with Tony Iommi that it was really great working with Tony. He's the riff master. No one can touch him in that respect. I only wish we had these songs for Black Sabbath's 13th album. So there's a lot to unravel right there. The first thing that I want to talk about is these songs, plural. So we know that Tony's playing on two tracks, but to me, this makes me believe that Tony wrote both of his tracks because I feel like Ozzy wouldn't have said that wanting a Black Sabbath song if Tony didn't write it. So I don't know how we got a second Tony Iommi song, but I am fucking grateful and super excited. What about you, Josh? Absolutely. Yeah, Ozzy's not referencing a track that Andrew Watt wrote as I wish that was on 13. No fucking way, right? This is a Tony Iommi riff. It's bound to be. And how fucking exciting, man. Two tracks with Tony Iommi is more than what we bargained for. And it's one of the first things when I saw the track listing, it's one of the first things I noticed. I was like, whoa, there's two with Tony Iommi on here. Fuck yeah. And thank God. Also, really kind of a slag on 13 a little bit? Or is this just these songs are that much better? Right. There's two ways you can look at that, right? (laughs) I think Ozzy's pretty proud of 13. I've never really heard him slag that record before, or any of the guys for that matter. So I would say it's more of a he's proud of these tracks, man. I know Tony was like raving about No Escape From Now when he heard the finished version, right? We read that back in November. That's what got us all so hyped on it. And we're like, oh, it's going to be the lead single. Like Tony's just raving over this track and how great Ozzy sounded so that's definitely encouraging to go forward knowing that we have two tracks from tony that they're both so excited about and on top of that i would love to see the possibility with ozzy moving back to england we get maybe an ozzy iomi album just the oh, two it'd of be them killer wouldn't it that would be fucking amazing and literally call it ozzy iomi yeah like exactly and it'd be fucking yeah. badass man. it would be amazing and it would be because, huge yeah and let's just be honest now i'm not throwing shade We've talked about this a lot, me and you, in private. We feel like Geezer is the one that was kind of done with Sabbath. I think that was kind of obvious, to be honest with you. Yeah. And if Geezer don't want to be involved, then that's fine, man. But Ozzy and Tony could definitely work out a project together. They did Psycho Man and Selling My Soul together, and I fucking love those tracks. Agreed. People will shit on it anyway. They're going to shit on Ozzy because that's what fucking people do, and it drives me crazy. But an Ozzy Iomi record would be mind-blowing. It would be amazing. And you're right, Geezer Geezer didn't want to write lyrics anymore. He was just kind of done. This same, we love him, but that's how it felt to us. You know, Ozzy and Tony seemed so ready to go to another album, and Geezer kind of shot that down. So, that is what it is. But yeah, man, so exciting. I mean, the track listing looks fucking great 13 songs it's more than we could have bargained for there's still two more tracks out there we know for a fact they did 15 so that yep. still leaves two for us to wonder about and to go into aussie lore possibly they could, they could end up being bonus tracks in, in japan who knows yeah. and i've been scouring the net today to see if the japanese cd is on sale yet but no luck 
No luck yet. Okay. Well, we'll keep looking. If we find anything, of course, we'll let you guys know here on the show. But yeah, it's exciting times, man. You know, when Zach said 10 songs, me and you kind of were like, oh no, you know, where's the other five? Like they've went right. down to 10. So back to 13, I will 100% take that. Oh, 13 is way better than 10. Like we talked about on the last podcast, Ozzy's the only one that can really get away with 27 fucking songs. And I'd be like down. And in the Ozzy email that went out today, he said the album is just a little bit over an hour. So it's good length. It's perfect. About no more tears length, just a little bit longer. Yeah, I'll take it, man. That's fucking great. So for us, we'd take two hours, but that's beside the point. Yeah, for exactly. most people, like we said, 40, 45 minutes is great. But no, nah, man, 13 songs over an hour. That's fucking exciting news, man. Exciting stuff. I will say this, though. The promotion is out of control. There is so many different vinyl variants. I cannot tell you all the different colors and every store has an exclusive. So when you go out there and pre-order the record, make sure you take your time and find a variant that you like. I've purchased two so far because I really like the color of the vinyl. So there's tons of them. I, I probably have already seen 10 different variant colors. You could go uh, right straight to Ozzy's website. There's a box set. Tom McFarlane, who did the video, is doing a comic book, which is exclusively sold only at the Ozzy website. But a ton of different vinyl choices which I think is kind of cool, but at the same time, a little bit of a mind fuck for me because I buy so much of it and I just want to make sure I don't go crazy. Right. And let's just be honest, man. That's one more marketing trick to try to get to this number one Billboard album sales, right? If people like us are going to buy multiple copies, that's how you do it, right? You get these exclusive ones and people find, oh, I love this one, but I love this one. Fuck it, I'll get them both. And bam, there's two album sales versus your one. For me, I'm not a big vinyl guy. I do always buy Aussie on vinyl. So I will probably only do one copy of the vinyl. And I think I'm going to stick with the Walmart exclusive, the gold one. I really dug that. A, it fits the theme of the album with the gold and black. But I just really like the look of that one. So I think I'm going to do the Walmart exclusive. Who knows? Down the road, I may pick up another. It's always fun to have people chime in and letting us know what version they like or which one they're going to buy. Let us know. Reach out to us on our social medias. And, hey, I like this version. It's, it's kind of fun to see which one people kind of tend to glom to or yeah. to gravitate towards. You know, Mine was instantly the gold version, like I said a, a second ago. As soon as I saw that one, I was like, this one's the one I'm going to pick up. I just loved it. So, yeah, it's definitely fun. And, of course, we're doing the cassettes and the deluxe box, you know, and all these different types. The one they had on his website, though, they did have the CDs that were signed for like 17 bucks. Now, I will say, for Ordinary Man, Ozzy had truly signed CDs on there for $17 or so. So, there's a chance those are real, but then they later put out auto-pinned versions. So, some were real, some were auto-pinned. As a matter of fact, the way it worked out was, if you were in the States, you got the real ones, and then Ozzy got hurt again and kind of got sickly. And all the ones that went to Europe ended up being auto-pinned. I think it was kind of how it kind of ended up, which is shitty, but it's, you know, is what it is. I don't know if these are auto-pinned or not, Dan. I'm sure you don't know yet either. Nope. So really be cautious buying those two because if it's auto-pinned, it's not autographed. I just don't understand the whole point behind that, really. But either way, it's kind of cool. I will say for me, I'm going to definitely buy local, aside from this Walmart vinyl. Uh, my music store always does a good job of getting things in on time. And I have a history, you know, listeners, look, we don't work for Aussie. We don't, we're not trying to, you know, Honestly, when I buy from his website, I get pissed off when I receive it a fucking week after the release. I just think that's a bunch of bullshit. You should get pre-releases at least the day of, at least, if not the day before. I have an issue with that. I have a bad history with it, not only with Ozzy, but with other bands that if I pre-order and I get excited and I pre-order shit, they, they announce it. And then everyone else is fucking enjoying theirs and mine's still in the fucking transit somewhere in the mail. And that kind of irks me. That said, I listen on streaming so I can still hear it. But, you know, you want your product, man. September the 9th, I want to be holding my shit in my hand. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's fucking New Aussie. 
So be weary of that also, because you just never really know, depending on where you live. But shopping local is always a good route. Also, my local shop, Mountain Music Final Exchange, definitely takes care of me in that respect. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so far, I have pre-ordered the Walmart one that was gold. It's fucking beautiful. I've also pre-ordered the really nice, cool blue one on Amazon. I did pre-order the CD, and I will most likely pre-order, and I haven't done this one yet, but it'll probably happen this weekend, the box set from Ozzy directly. I'll definitely listen. You know me, man. I'll end up with my several copies also, and I'm going to continue to ponder on what I want to do. I've just been burnt by the pre-order so many times that I'm a little jaded at this point. So I'm kind of like, I don't know what I want to do. I, I will definitely be deciding on what other purchases. I, I mean, copies of ordinary man did we get? I, I think they would not end up with like six each. It's a lot because I haven't bought the best buy variant on top of it. And then of course, we'll both of us will buy the Japanese yeah. version because we always buy the Japanese yeah. version. Yeah. And I have two vinyls. You know what yeah. they've not announced yet is any kind of a picture disc or anything. I saw a picture disc variant on revolver.com, the magazine. But are you ready for this? It's a picture disc CD, not a vinyl. Yeah, his face is on the actual CD, but that's also exclusive over at Revolver. And I told you, dude, there's so many different variants on this. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, they want us to buy multiple copies. He wants that fucking billboard number one. And God damn it. Let's push into it, guys. Get out there and buy multiple copies. Damn it. Who knows how many more times we can do this in our lives? You know, let's let's fucking enjoy it. That said, man, let's get to the meat and potatoes of this fucking bitch. What do you say? Yeah, definitely. Patient number nine, it dropped today. Dan, what's your initial thoughts of the brand new Aussie single, the lead single off of patient number nine? Patient number nine, what's your thoughts? So the first things that come to my mind is the chorus. Holy shit, I was blown away by the chorus right out of the gate. I think Ozzy sounds incredible on it. I fucking love the chorus melody. You know, this is just initial. I mean, I've already heard it a thousand times already since it released, but that was my first initial thought. My other thought was epic. And I thought Chad Smith was fucking brilliant on it. So those are the three things that jumped out at me initially. The chorus, how epic and how many different movements there were. And of course, Chad Smith's playing. What about you? You know, I got to say, I kind of had the same thoughts. On first listen, I was listening with Beats headphones and they're very bassy anyway. And Chad Smith was just fucking tearing it up, especially that last section. Fuck, he is a monster. And with all due respect to the Red Hot Chili Papers, I would love to hear Chad with Ozzy every fucking day because I love Ozzy and I love Chad with Ozzy. He is fucking stellar. You kind of nailed it, though. A lot of different parts. It's not a lot of different parts like Black Sabbath has. It's not like War Pigs where the song just totally shifts. It has verse, pre-chorus, chorus. You know, it's your typical style of song. But like you said, all the parts are just so different. It just has a right. lot going on. It really you know, does. The, the intro, we'll start with the intro. Oh, one thing real quick before we get into all this. We probably should have said this earlier. Sorry, guys. Just to go through it real quick. So on this track, you do have Ozzy. And we know that you have Chad Smith on drums. And you have Rob Trujillo on bass. Because this could fluctuate throughout the album on who plays bass, who plays drums. Jeff Beck on lead guitar on this track. And Dan and I are convinced all the rhythms are Andrew Watt. Yeah. Not Zach Wild. So we just want to, we don't know that for a fact, but our ears speak to us. Those are Stratocaster guitars that you can hear that Jeff Beck and Andrew Watt play. Pretty confident that, that is Andrew Watt on rhythm. The song was written by Ozzy, Ali Temposi, who also co wrote Under the Graveyard, Andrew Watt, Chad Smith, Rob Trujillo. Definitely, that's the background. That's, that's a core group right there that I would definitely love to hear more and more from as the years go on because they fucking got their shit together. Yeah, I was so excited to see Robert Trujillo have a writing credit. 
not his first time as a writing credit on an Aussie record either. So that's really cool to see Robert back in the fold. His playing is great. I have so much respect and love for that guy. A, he seems like the fucking coolest dude. And secondly, I think he's an amazing bass player, but I think he adds a lot to the Aussie band. I really do. I thought when he was with Michael Borden on the down to earth period, it was fantastic. The rhythm section and him and Chad Smith, my fucking God, it's even better. Absolutely. And you know, one thing that Andrew Watt does that I appreciate, he tends to take the Black Sabbath approach of if you're in the room while we're writing it, you're involved. I don't know how much Chad Smith has ideas. I bet he actually has a ton. Yeah. I, 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 bet, I, so. I, I bet he really does. Yeah. But that said, Rob Trujillo, if we're together as a band writing this song, by golly, your name's going on it also as a songwriter because we're working on this together as a team. He's, I said it earlier, Watt loves a team approach. I'm a big fan of that. It doesn't bother me at all to look at an Aussie track and see six songwriters on there. It doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, not at all. I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, Black Sabbath always had four. If you go back and look at some of those No More Tears track listings, there's a lot of songwriters on that record and on No Rest for the Wicked. So this is not new to Ozzy. Let's be honest. He, he did that a lot in a couple of those early records. So I love it. In a room, jamming and working them out. And the track is seven minutes and 21 seconds. We probably should have led with that as well. Yeah, totally. I mean, we love long tracks like that. We love epic style long tracks. This song isn't epic as in like Age of Reason by Black Sabbath style epic, but it's epic in like No More Tears style epic, like kinda. You know, it's not necessarily a million different parts. It's very common, like I said, in this build verse, pre chorus, chorus, verse, pre chorus, chorus, guitar solo, bridge. But that said, it does have a good length and it does have breakdown moments where it changes. For me, I love the intro with all the different voices and the crying and the screaming and the laughing. That's just so fucking classic Ozzy. But my favorite takeaway of the whole thing, I don't know why it tickles me to death. I love Ozzy crying because it's so fucking goofy. <laughs> you can just tell it's like your grandpa making fun of you for saying something stupid or you know what I mean? It's <laughs> and I, I just fucking love that one. I don't know why. Like that cracks me I love up all those voices time. at the beginning, man. I think he oh, does I a great job. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I love them all, but that crying one where he's like a sarcastic cry, it cracks me up. It's just yeah. so damn funny, man. I love I thought those was a, a great touch. The underlying, you know, guitar part, which, you know, has a a feel of Diary of a Madman. I'm know? pretty sure the same music is used over the bridge. Have you picked up on that? I haven't. I have to, I have to listen closer for that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the bridge is the same music as the intro. Mm, now that you say it, I'm going through it in my head. I can hear that. Yeah, right. That I was kind. Of, I, it's not as apparent because it's not in the forefront like the intro is. Because you yes. know, my my ear goes to Ozzy. But I was like, holy shit, that's kind of a, I think it's the same music as the intro. So he your does ear bring goes that to Ozzy and your ear goes to the the, the rhythm of the, the drums and bass and stuff, too, because there, there's a lot going on there, a lot yeah. more. But now that I'm hearing that in my head, the melody of the chorus, I can hear that behind it. So I think you're right. Good call on that. Good yeah. catch. So for one, for me, the other standout, and I know we're going to get to this. I'm going to steal your thunder right now. Ozzy sounds like a fucking god. Yeah. And those are Dan's words all the time. We'll be talking about old tracks. It's like, ah, oh, Ozzy's like a fucking god on this song. You're telling me 73-year-old Ozzy sounds like this. I mean, that's fucking mind-blowing, especially knowing his condition right now. And that he really has been very sick and had a lot going on. I believe it's only been one day, not even a full day yet. And I know you get excited and you, oh, man, it's better than this or better than that. I think he sounds better on this track than any song on Ordinary Man. 
Yeah, vocally, no question about vocally. it. Josh. Yeah. That's what I mean. Vocally. Yeah. He's hit notes on this, dude. I know he's getting help, folks. Please, you don't have to hit us up that he's getting auto-tuned. But if you've ever sang into a fucking microphone, you still have to be pretty close. Because I do a lot of singing for trying to do guide vocals for the songs I write for singers that can really sing. And trust me, auto-tune don't fucking correct this shit that comes out of my mouth. So you got to get close for auto-tune to really do its magic. Yes. Let me interrupt you real quick. Let Uncle Dan and Uncle Josh teach you something. What Dan just said is very true. You still have to be able to have that tone, and you still have to be very close. Because if you're not close, auto-tune will make you sound like a chipmunk. Right. It will go... Yeah, 100%. People that don't know jack shit about shit, uh, I'm starting to get mad. Fucking kill me with this auto-tune bullshit. You cannot throw auto-tune into your Pro Tools and all of a sudden make anybody sound like fucking Ozzy Osbourne or Robert Plant. You just can't fucking do that. No, you have to talent. work that way. Like Dan said, you still have to be very close to where it just ever so slightly picks it up, or yep. and you still have to have that fucking tone and that sound, man. God, the yeah. notes he hits in the chorus when he sings Tell You You're Insane, holy, f- I get chills every one, time, man. man. Yes, yes, that's the one. And I'll tell you what part is really growing on me is the I'm not getting out alive. It's so Aussie. I fucking love that part. You know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about? Yeah, the chorus there. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That part is, it's just so classic Ozzy. He's doing a lot of good nuances with moving the note because he, he doesn't use vibrato. So he's moving the note down and up and to hit that scale. And he's doing a lot of really, really good stuff there. And I fucking yeah. love, I think this chorus is as good as anything he's done in a long time. You know, I got to say that chorus though, and I'm, this is not a knock. This is just a, an observation that I want to point out to people. The part you're talking about right now, I'm not getting out. Tell me that's not extremely similar to under the graveyard when it says i ain't living this life no more it's they're very close in tone of melody not in a bad way everyone has a, a sound and a, their thing but i definitely hear a little bit of under the graveyard on that course just yeah. that melody of that part right there but i mean i hear a little great. bit of nightmare in the verses too to be honest it's hard not to repeat yourself when you've written yeah. 200 songs for sure yeah it's definitely and yeah. i don't say it at all as a knock i'm just saying you can hear a similarity and it's yeah. not a knockoff they're just it's similar yeah right? sure. and, and a lot of it's just the oh oh of under the graveyard and this song and who the hell knows if andrew watt's not telling him hey why don't you do that oh thing you did on under the graveyard because it worked right it works and it's very fucking beatles and he loves that and we all love that go for it yeah agreed absolutely so it's kind of cool. I love the fact that he's got a, a pre-chorus too, you know, that hiding the pillows inside your mouth, swallow them down and spit them out. I hear the laughter scream and shout, no tomorrow. Really cool part. At first I was like, oh, he's really talky in that part. He's not really singing as much, but it really works because it's a prequel, right? It's a pre-chorus to that super melodic chorus because that chorus is really melodic, right? So sure. I think it kind of works that the pre-chorus is not so melodic. So when that chorus comes in, it's like a punch in the face. For sure. I actually really, really, from the start, love the pre-chorus. Almost better than the chorus. I love the chorus, too. I'm not trying to. They're equal for me. I really like that section. There's a few lines in there, like you mentioned earlier, that tell you you're insane. The way he sings that is unreal. There's another line that I really like also is on the bridge. And I don't know why I like it so much, but I love when he says, if there's a God, why do he let the devil do this work on me? Oh, yeah. I love the yeah. oh, yeah, right there. I just fucking love it, man. It's just, it almost goes back to what we talked about in the last episode of the little Aussie-isms. Yeah. And I just really like that section, too. It's great. So I do have a question on the lyrics. So I think it starts with every hallway's painted white as the light. 
I think he says that will guide you to your hell. But it seems like online everybody's saying help. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know. I hear it as help because I read it as help so early right. on. I will listen closer now and see what I think that will guide you to your hell makes hella more sense. That's yeah, really right. Cool. Another line that I really like is making friends with strangers inside my mind. I love how Ozzy delivers that inside my mind. That's the shit no one else can fucking do the way he does it, man. I mean, except for me doing it right now, it's pretty fucking close. I think it sounded just like that. <laughs> like that. I actually like the know. next line because they need they seem to know me so well or whatever the fuck they he says. They seem to know that. me so well. Yeah. I just like his delivery on the inside of my mind. I just love this the way he well, sounds on his tone. Well, that's the nuance, dude. I, nobody Absolutely. does it like Ozzy, my God. Nobody. It's nobody. so good. It's fucking so good. I This song, I'll tell you, let's be honest. When Under the Graveyard first came out, Josh and I both were like, it's pretty good. Two and a half years later, it's one of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah. I can see the same thing happening here. Yes, I agree. I actually managed to hear Under the Graveyard a few hours before Dan because I seen him on Link and he wasn't available at the moment. I listened to it. The Link got taken down. <laughs> so <laughs> Dan had to live with about six hours of me having heard it and him not. And I got to be honest, man, Under the Graveyard at first, I was like, I don't know. It's just so different. You know, I just didn't know how I even felt about it. And I remember for the next few hours until it, I did get to hear it again, I was kind of like almost disappointed a little like this. Yeah. I just don't know. And I think I had listened to it twice before they took it down. I was the same way. The first listen to this song, I didn't instantly love it. I was kind of like, it's it's okay. You know, it's not bad. Agreed. I don't know if it's what I was expecting. It's okay. I, I love the chorus right away. I'm not going to lie. The chorus right away. I was kind of that way with the pre-chorus right away. I like right. that's why it was fun because I was that way with the pre-chorus. But under the graveyard, by listening four, I'm like, fuck, this is like instant fucking classic, fucking love, and still stand by that. I think this song, like you said, is the same way. I mean, after about the fourth or fifth listen, you are really getting the groove of this track and what it can do. I let my son hear it. He's 12 and he does like Ozzy Osbourne. He's more of a hip hop guy these days, but he does like some rock and roll and he does listen to a lot of Ozzy with me. He loved ordinary man, loved scary little green men, loved under the graveyard. I was showing him actually the music video. So I thought that would entertain him just a little more. I was pleased when by the last course he was singing it out loud. Yeah. And I was awesome. like, yes, that's how you know, right? By the last course, he was singing that loud, and he really he enjoyed it. And he, of course, downloaded it himself also on his, his phone. But yeah, man, all in all, the lyrics are cool. I love the theme, man. What do you think about the theme of just, you know, living your life in a mental hospital and the crazy vo demons in your mind and what they tell you? And definitely fits the Aussie theme. Yeah, no question. How do you feel about it as a whole, man? Yeah, of course. I'm kind of also brought back to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which was one of my all-time favorite movies, with especially like the hiding the pills inside your mouth, swallow them down, spit them out. It's right from that fucking movie. So I love this theme. I love it because of the movie, but it just fits Ozzy's fucking persona perfectly. Yeah. And I want to state this, and I'm fucking meant to lead with this. This song is not about Sharon. Every website is saying it. It's driving me up the fucking wall. We heard the interview Ozzy said, there's a few songs I'm really excited about the record. Patient number nine, a song I wrote about Sharon and myself. He paused there. He was talking about a different song. Everybody just automatically associated that, what he said. But he was he could, probably couldn't fucking remember the title of the other song. 100%. He, yeah. So he, just, <laughs> he said that. But he was not referring to patient number nine. This is, He said it in, constantly in a few interviews since his track has been released. And the press release even said it. The song is about being in a mental institution. It has yeah. absolutely nothing to do about Sharon. Being in a mental institution has nothing to do with Sharon. 
I yeah, mean, she might exactly. she might drive people into one sometimes if she wanted to, but beside that, it is not happening. That's not my gut feeling. One of those days is the song he's referring to. Very well could be. Right. Very well could be. So I love how these songs transition. They're not very smooth, which I think kind of gives it that a little bit of eeriness that the track needs. Like when it goes out of that second chorus into the guitar solo, and we're going to get to Jeff Beck here in a second. It's kind of a weird transition. And then when you get out of the solo into the bridge, which bridge is fucking great. That also is a very odd transition. Yeah. I like that. It's kind of uncomfortable in its transitions. Yeah. There's like a herky jerky feel to it a little bit, but like you said, it, it kind of keeps you on your toes a little bit too. It doesn't just smooth its way through the song, you know? Yeah. I love it, man. Jeff Beck's lead guitar, which like you said, we'll get into, I guess right now. Yep. Jeff's leads are kind of like, where the fuck he wanted to put them. <laughs> all you know, there's no, the place. Yeah. there's no real rhyme or reason. They're just all over the place. Like, you know, make no mistake. I don't for a second believe Jeff Beck is playing the rhythm and I don't believe anyone really believes that, but he's doing leads all over the song. He is such an interesting player. Like he definitely has his own thing. No one sounds like him. It just fucking works, man. On this, it, it adds to the eerie tone that you were talking about a minute ago. It gives it an, eerie uncomfortable unnerving tone and i fucking love it man it i will admit it took me a second when i first heard the song a time or two the first few i thought man jeff beck sounds good he's a good player but like i don't know zach shredding on this would have been just as fucking good then i kind of realized we've already got that we've already got zach shredding all over you know, whatever so tone of jeff beck's guitar and his style of play that he threw down on this song really adds to the eeriness of the track i agree with you on that 100 percent so I would have to say he's got two really great long solos. There's a solo after the second chorus and that outro. So first of all, the first solo's solid. I was like, all right, it's pretty cool. I like the second half of that first solo better, actually. I think it gets better as it goes along. I like the fact he's not shredding. You know, Ozzy's 73. We don't need fucking shred throughout the whole thing. I, the older I get, the more I like to hear some feeling. And sometimes he's just hitting one note and he's putting so much fucking emotion and feeling in that note. That gets me better than how many notes can you play inside a fucking measure. So I really like the feel and vibe he's doing, especially at the outro. Once that acoustics yeah. kick in, that outro, I'll be honest, it's one of my favorite parts of the song. And Ozzy's not even on it, but those acoustic drumming, it's right up my alley. Chad Smith is going crazy. And fucking Jeff Beck, he's just being Jeff Beck. Sometimes it's not the note you play. Sometimes it's, not, it's the note you don't play, right? And Absolutely. I think Jeff Beck just does a wonderful job of really fitting the mood of the song. And I can listen to that last minute and 50 seconds over and over and over again. I think it's so fucking killer. Absolutely. And hats off to Jeff Beck for really, really just killing it. Yeah, and we definitely know that's not Jeff Beck playing the acoustic guitar or the 12-string guitar because Jeff Beck hates acoustics. That's yeah, kind of well-known, right? He, he don't fuck with the acoustic guitars. I'm with you, man. That that whole section is just so fun. He's just fucking letting it rip. Chad's letting it rip. And one thing we really haven't mentioned, we didn't mention Rob, but Rob's bass lines are fun, too. He does like an almost funk style like throughout the track. Very clean tone, but thumpy bass sounding bass which i think is kind of what he likes to do it's kind of his thing really he definitely leaves his mark on the track also he's he's a pleasure to listen to throughout himself how funky is the main guitar riff dunna, dunna, dunna. i just want to get up and kind of strut a little bit every time it comes on you know what i mean <laughs> i'm gonna start <laughs> picturing dan just strutting around the house when i hear that but doesn't it have that make you have that feel it's like a, it, it kind of it feels good. It's and it's another good dichotomy of a song about an insane asylum's got such an uplifting fucking riff. 
right? It's it's very one thing we didn't say. It's very to me very popish. It is a very poppy sounding Ozzy Osbourne track. It's not heavy, but I gotta say when they released the second teaser and you could hear that riff, da 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 da. I messaged you hours later. I said that I cannot get that out of my fucking head. That's been dancing in my head all day. Just da 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 da. Sometimes simpler is oh nothing complicated about it. Yeah. It goes back to the Tony Iommi thing, right? Yeah. But man, that is a cool fucking riff. And make no mistake, that is a riff. That's a cool riff. And just because it doesn't have slamming heavy guitars doesn't mean it's not a riff. That's a riff. And it plays in my head. It's been now two days in a row that I've heard that non-fucking-stop. <laughs> and I fucking love it, man. And I just fuck everyone pulled their way and couldn't be more happy with it, man. Definitely very excited to see which track is the next single because we're always looking forward, right? Yep. But for this one to be the lead, I'm cool with it, man. I think it's right there. I don't know if it's on par with Under the Graveyard just yet. That's only because Under the Graveyard, for me, and I think I'm going to speak for Dan also because it won top song of his 21st century on our previous podcast yep under the graveyard just really went through the fucking roof man like that was a great fucking song and i don't know if this one will quite reach that just yet but it's only been a day and it's definitely close though yeah it just keeps getting better and better and that's really all i can ask for again people ozzy is never going to release a song as good as diary of a madman ever again just come to terms with it and just enjoy what he does. Just like Metallica and Megadeth. Listen, Megadeth's new song is fucking great. We'll get into that in our next podcast. But it isn't fucking peace sells, but it's a great song. People just need to relax and enjoy that that our legends and our icons are still making kick-ass music at their Absolutely. age. Absolutely. Let yourself enjoy it, man. Listen, right. people, let yourself enjoy it. And furthermore, I'm going to go on a rant. If you don't enjoy it, that's okay. Don't fucking steal the thunder for everyone else. If you don't really like this track or the next one and your and your friend does, let them fucking enjoy it, man. Don't go try to fucking ruin it for them with smart-ass comments on Facebook or anything like that. We've already been getting some of that shit on our pages. It kills me. Let people enjoy it, man. Life is hard, and these little things are what bring us together, and they're what help us pass time, and they're what we look forward to. Ozzy Osbourne has been there for me my entire fucking life, and I'm sure a lot of you feel the exact same way. Amen. Let people enjoy it, man. Don't steal their fucking thunder. If you don't dig this track or the next track, you don't dig Andrew Watt, cool. Let people enjoy this shit. Yeah, agreed. You know, I, and these motherfuckers are like, he should just retire. I'm like, oh, oh, motherfucker. I didn't realize Ozzy was making music just for you. So you don't like it. Then Ozzy must fucking retire. Oh, my God. You're a powerful man. It drives me the yeah. fuck up the exactly. wall, dude. How about you just don't fucking listen? That's all you got to do. Just don't listen to it. There's a lot of bands out there I don't like. I don't fucking listen to them. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. That's (laughs) it. You know what? I I listen to what I want to listen to. But if there is a band I don't like, and I'm not going to name one because that's not cool, that's great. They should release records for the rest of their fucking career. It's how they make a living. You know what I mean? It's like fucking, if you're creative, there's just something inside you that you have to create. I was getting ready to say an an artist has to paint, man. Yeah. An artist has to paint. You just can't help that. Yeah, agreed. Great point, so, man. Great. Now that we're pissed off, <laughs> what did you think about the music video that came out today created by Todd McFarlane? Well, I'm a big McFarlane fan. Being from Arizona, he used to have a great fucking store here that sold a lot of his comic dolls, and he did football figures. I used to buy a shit ton from my son when he was younger, but they closed it, unfortunately. But I thought the video was really cool. The video itself, 
10 out of 10. I love the way they captured Ozzy kind of close up. So you really don't have to, sometimes when I see him from a distance, it's painful for me. So I like when they're, they're closer up and he's singing and they're kind of tight on his face. I prefer those at this age because I don't see him shrunk over and, you know, I don't see the pain in him as much. So I really like that. I thought the animation was great. I love all of the the imagery with the werewolves and the bats. I think it was a bat, actually, mm-hmm. not a werewolf. But all those bats were really fucking cool. And I think Tom McFarlane nailed the video. On the other hand, I can't stand the edit. It cuts out the bridge and it cuts out the second pre-chorus. I understand they can't do a seven minute and 21 second video because it's probably really expensive. Could have cut the ending, even though I love the ending and the intro and added the bridge in. How do you cut the bridge, man? It's so fucking great part of the song. Yeah. Cutting the bridge was a very strange move. When I saw the video length was only like four and a half minutes. I thought, okay, the intro is going to be chopped up, which it was a little, and they're going to cut off the entire outro section. And I would have understood that. Like, you know, you have yep. the edit of like November rain. It just doesn't have the outro part of that. Right. I thought yep. it was going to be something like that. So I'm with you. The edit, I wasn't crazy about, but ultimately it didn't kill me either. I do love the bridge. So I kind of hated to see that go, but man, the video itself, I loved it. I truly did. I don't love it. Like I love the back on earth video, but I just thought it was really fun. I had a feeling going into it and you and I had discussed this. So I know you had a similar feeling that Ozzy would probably only be on the intro of the video and then it would cascade into complete animation. I was ready for that. We're going to see Ozzy for 10 fucking seconds. Then he'll be drawing the rest of the fucking video. So the fact that Ozzy maintained throughout and did have a role in the entire video, I thought was actually completely fucking genius. And they found a way to once again, include him while he sits, he's sitting on a hospital bed. How fucking smart, man. Yep. Once again, they found a way to get him involved, but where he's not too worn out, he's sitting on a hospital bed in an insane asylum. Fucking genius. Geniuses. I don't know how to come up with this shit sometimes. Sometimes it's easier said than done to come up with neat little ideas like that and ways to get through this. I loved that the animation and the actual footage of Ozzy and the gargoyle and the werewolf-looking creature that they i loved how they had some of that as actual shot footage and others were animated that kind of went back and forth i thought they fucking played it off great and i'm like you ozzy looked good when i first saw the photos of ozzy leaving the studio that day and we had said on the show previously that we were pretty sure that was for a music video shoot he had the long fingernails on he had the uh, eyeliner caked on he looked extremely tired and i thought oh god this video could be bad they done a great job of making him look cool he looked good I love the shots near the end where he starts to morph into a creature and you can see like his hands on, like you see his hands on the couch early on, on the chair. Then later you see it morph into like a more of a creature hand. I, I thought it was a fucking killer video, man. I love it. I thought it was great. And we do know at this point in time, he can't go shoot full fledged music videos like he did in the eighties and nineties. They keep finding creative ways to make entertaining videos that he's still involved with, but he doesn't have to do so much fucking work on. I thought it was excellent. Todd McFarlane knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. Obviously, that's not Ozzy under the makeup in the werewolf slash bat creature thing. Of course, it's not. And I thought they did a great job of blending that together. I love that part of the video. Yeah. It takes no one that's not Ozzy to know that's not Ozzy. Exactly. Because because that's hours and hours and hours of makeup that's fucking grueling that he's not going to sit through right now. That's right. And and that's that's the only reason. He didn't do it. Otherwise, it would have been him, like the Bark of the Moon video. Right, but, which is what we all think right. when they say it, of course. Of course. Yeah. And the gargoyle looked cool as shit, and the gargoyle, of course, isn't him either, squatted down there and everything. But I thought it was fucking killer, man. I, I love the video. 
uh, I'm like, yo, I wish they would just done the whole song, but I do realize for edit for money wise and just timing, you know, long videos don't really do that great. But all in all, definitely happy with the music video also. And it a music video to me, I'm old school. A music video is supposed to enhance the emotion or enhance the song and take it to the next step. You know, some music videos are just stupid. And I God knows I've had some of them where you're just the band playing live footage or something. And that's fine. I mean, if you want to go that route and you know record a music video that way, that's your business. But sometimes you have those that enhance the song just a little bit. And I thought this video enhanced the song. Like I, when I let my son here, I mentioned this earlier, I played the music video because I knew he would like that music video. And he did. Sure enough, he ended up singing the song also by the, by the last chorus, right? If you can capture people's attention, that's the whole point of a good music video. And I, I thought it done a great job, man. And kudos to everyone involved for pulling that off because Dan and I had spoken privately before how we're going to do a music video right now with Ozzy and the shape he's in. And they've already done one of them sitting on a bench. They've done, you know, they had actors play Ozzy on Under the Graveyard, you know, animation for Hellraiser, animation for It's a Raid. Like, what are they going to do this time? How are they going to pull it off? And sure enough, they fucking up the ante one more time with a fucking killer video. So, all on, before we get out of here, Dan, well, how do you grade this track? How happy are you right now? Only a half day in. Patient number nine, how you feel about it? Oh, I'm super stoked about it. Again, I'm not here to compare Ozzy to his past. I just want a great record, and I think we're one step of the way there. I think he sounds better here than he did on the last record. I think the guitar playing is fucking incredible already. The fact that there's two Tony Iommi tracks coming up, I just think this is a great first step into what's going to be another very, very solid album this late into his career. I agree with everything you said, man. Dildo. I mean, if the rest of the record is going to have this sound, fucking sign me up. I can't wait. Ozzy's voice is the thing I'm most excited about right now. He sounds so fucking good, and I'm hoping he sounds this good. You know, one thing I want to bring up real quick before we sign off. We agreed that his best vocal performance on Ordinary Man was Under the Graveyard. I mean, you agreed on that before. Yep. And Under the Graveyard, we know for a fact, was the last track cut for Ordinary Man. That's why Duff McKagan isn't on it and didn't help co-write it. So I feel like they went straight from Under the Graveyard into this new album. Like, Patient Number 9, this record, Under the Graveyard was like, right, those were almost smashed together. You know what I'm saying? And I think Ozzy was starting to really find his voice again for Under the Graveyard. And I expect the rest of this album to sound just like this song does. I think he's going to sound like a fucking god, man. And I can't wait for us all to get to enjoy it. September 9th cannot come soon enough. So listeners, please let us know what you think of the song. What songs are you excited to hear from the song titles and the guitar players that are on the track? Let us know which variant you're buying. Love to find out which one you've chosen to go Absolutely. with. Expect Josh and I to do this for every song on patient number nine. So not only when the new singles come out, we're going to do this for the whole record. So we're super excited to share our opinions and get your opinions on this whole brand new Aussie experience. Absolutely, guys. It's exciting times. Just fucking sit back and enjoy it. And in the meantime, we will see you all on the other side. Do you have it up? Do you have it up? It's always up when I'm talking about a new Aussie record. Are you (laughs) fucking kidding me, man? It's always up when it's a new Aussie record.